Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. Yeah, so I was born pretty healthy, um, like a really healthy baby. I was a chubby bubby, but when I was 11, I had a pretty bad back injury. Um, like I haven't really told many people about it because it's a little bit embarrassing, but more about opening up. So I was um, moving my bowels one morning and I was clearly severely constipated and I just strained so hard um, that it, it slipped a disc in my L4, L5 area. And we didn't think much of it, but um, we began to realise that my growth was really stunted and my parents were really worried about um, me growing, especially through puberty, that when I was 13, we decided as a family, um, well, actually I didn't decide because I was too young, but to get um, an extension in my um, tibia. And so we flew over to Asia and got an extension. And it was all like well and good. Like if you, the podcast listeners can't see, but Danny, have, you can have a look later, but my shin's all wonky. Um, and then only because we realised that my feet weren't long enough to handle the new height. So we actually had to go back and reverse the surgery. And oh, anyway, it was just, I'm good now, but it was all shambles. So um, anyway, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very well. <laughs> now that story was total you bullshit. You actually in tears. That story was total bullshit, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Tony was like, and I got the best idea ever. Why don't you start with some bullshit story that sounds real, but it sounds really fake as well. And I was like, cool. So I just said that story and I just looked up and Danny's got <laughs> tears in his eyes. <laughs> Guys, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. And um, oh, I am in tears, but on today's show, we are, we are joined by a special guest, Ang, Ang Roan. Wow. What? It's actually Ange, but... No way. Yeah, it's fine. Ange. It sounds like... Ange, right. maybe, maybe I can um, edit that edit, out. Edit it out. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, guys, we are joined by Ange today. And um, we, we were actually just sitting down before discussing what we were going to talk about on today's show and we couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> yeah, we're so, so boring. <laughs> we're but, just, um, like, we'll just make noises for half an hour. <laughs> tell fake stories. <laughs> But no, we do actually have um, a bit to talk about today. So firstly, thanks for joining joining me on the show. Yeah, anytime. Um, well, not anytime, just when I've got time actually. But No, but who knows, I might steal this in. from my podcast, yeah. so I'm coming back. Um, no, but you are a, an exceptional human. Oh. I'd just like to start the show off by saying that. Oh, thank you. I don't, I don't think so, but... I'm sure that anyone that knows you um, would, would agree. Um, and for those that don't know you, do you want to... I know it's kind of, it might be a bit hard, but do you want to just tell the listeners about a bit about yourself, um, what you do at the moment, and then we are going to get um, into a bit more detail about some of the, the bigger things that you've done recently, so don't talk about those too much, otherwise you kind of take away what I'm going to talk about for the whole show. <laughs> so a bit about myself, when I was 11, I had a pretty severe back injury that um, was caused. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no, no, so um, I'm pretty much your average 22-year-old that just happens to have some pretty incredible friends with incredible platforms but um yeah i am a full-time physio student and in my third year so just pretty much placement from now until the end i'm a science nerd i love it but i play this really 
good kind of like dumb jock persona and I get away with it a lot. So people <laughs> don't ask me for help at uni because they just look like I've got no idea what's no going idea. on. Yeah, no, nice um, like Yeah. <laughs> I do the same thing, but I actually have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I uh, quit all I kind of retail physical jobs at the start of this year and purely went freelance. So I've been really lucky enough to kind of build a really great um, experience base um, in social media and marketing in that world and slowly people started approaching me to, to see if I could run theirs or consult for theirs and then so I've been able to go purely freelance which is really good for me as an income with uni yeah and I'm sure. my own boss a bit more flexible too yeah and I'm my own boss and um, it's actually really nice because it brings me a lot of value value, value um, that's uh, away from physio and I don't I've never had any qualifications in it but I've just had a lot of experience in it yeah um I have started my own um, food truck business when I was 19 yep. and sold the food truck at the start of this year. That's awesome. That was um, really just every, a huge learning curve, but pretty much started that n- not for making money because I'm really not money driven, but it was more as a um, vehicle to show society that young people can do really cool things too. And I didn't want to start a blog because like, whatever, it's not that impactful, um, whereas I knew if we started something big yeah. that was going to like look really cool and really function, mm. then people will actually latch on to be like, actually, no, young people can do things, yeah, yeah. so let's give them a bit more of a chance. Cause more I'm power a huge... to reach more people. Yeah, yeah. and like, it was a, I'm not a preacher, and it was more of a thing to um, just to be there and to do it for young people to um, show by example, and mm. then for the people in society that really wouldn't believe in young people is just kind of almost prove them That's wrong awesome. in a not so preachy way how was it feeling when you sold it yeah it was bittersweet Mm. it was like it it was time to go purely because i had full-time uni and i was really not putting much enough effort into it but at the same time like i designed that from scratch like i drew oh my god danny i (laughs) so when i drew the floor plan Mm. i had no creative experience whatsoever (laughs) and the and my friend's dad built the food um food van but he builds caravans so he had no idea what i needed in it and i was like he's like you're gonna have to draw it i'll build it and i was like sure i built it on paint no but i built it on paint and it was fine if it was just for me but i had to send it to the council so i sent this drawing on paint probably think it's come from fucking primary school it was literally (laughs) it was so bad but I drew it, like I drew the whole thing from scratch. We built it from scratch. Everything was custom. It was just such a community build and like personal thing that we had created, like really from scratch. That it was, yeah, very sad to let go, but also so relieving because mm. it was just sitting there. And I was. And while you had it, I'm sure it would have been um, quite fulfilling and like. Yeah, it was epic. a rewarding. Yeah, we sold rice paper rolls and we were catering for all sorts of things. We had a wedding within our first year and um, like huge companies and like Wanderlust Festival had us there. Then we did all the Soul Motive events and then we had Essendon Football Club and we had Thank You, we had Lulu, we had Cotton On, we had literally just all sorts of crazy things. But yeah, it was time to finish that and also that same kind of ending period, I did my big bike ride from Adelaide to Melbourne as well. So. I know, that's me. Awesome. And um, and then I want to talk about the boxing side of things after as yeah. well. But then also now you're playing football as oh, well. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yep. Just, just add something else to the list. Is there anything, I'm just curious, is there anything that you can't do? Yeah. 
uh, speak English uh, fluently. Um, <laughs> uh, swim. I'm the worst swimmer. Really? Yeah. This is the first time I ever swim was probably swam probably was like two years ago when I trained myself to swim for a triathlon. And I. This is the thing. So this is the reason. This is like one of the reasons why I badly wanted to get you on the show is because it seems like anything you decide that you want to do, you do it, but not just like half ass like you do it exceptionally well like when i watched the the footage that um you know some friends of ours sent me from your first fight it genuinely looked like you had been boxing your whole life (laughs) and it was your first fight it's a facade what is it so before we actually get into the bike ride we'll we'll stay on this path when once you make that decision to obviously people that listen to my podcast often more often than not listen to it for nutrition and training advice Mm. and they've got their own health and fitness goals whether it be performance based or body composition whatever it is Mm. um and for a lot of people they struggle to follow through on a goal so set a goal whether it be at the start of the year or today tomorrow whenever it is and it's the same goal over and over again because either one they don't know the path to go down to get to it or two it's the being able to stick to it and and have a, a process to follow to stick to it so once you decide that you've got a goal such as your first fight yeah or even when you said that you just figured out how to swim yourself like what it, what goes through your mind and and how much time and effort do you actually put into achieving it because it feels though like you do all this shit in a very short period of time as well yeah. i um no yeah i'm very goal driven but i think the thing that keeps me to my goals is the accountability side of it mm. so normally whenever i'm doing a major goal i'm i tell people yeah and once i tell people i'm the i you're locked like, in. Yeah, I yeah. can't. I can't ever go back. Not because it's an ego thing. It's because I like to keep promises. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of like having my word kind of thing. So once I tell people, it's pretty much like go time. It's, yeah, done and deal. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the time there's a date. Yeah. Um, so that helps as well. Yeah. So the fight had a date. The triathlon had a date. And the triathlon for me, doing it with people always helps. Yeah. yeah. So achieving the goal with someone else. And when you're um, accountable for them, mm. then you have to be there. Yeah. So, which is what more often than not why I tell people that are struggling more so in the gym to find a training partner that they that they can't let down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, for the triathlon, mm. it was my first one, but one of my really close friends was like, "And I've always wanted to do one." And she's not sporty at yeah. all; like she's not even remotely fitnessy. <clears throat> and for her to say that, I was like, "Oh my god! If if I'm going to be the reason why you." get to do this yeah then sure i'll teach myself how to swim to yeah, do yeah. It. so it's very much like a um i don't know do it for others yeah but then again i am a sucker for learning and i, feel, I would i feel as though um, once each one of these things that you took off as well then raises the bar again and again and then yeah. it's kind of like i feel as though we think very similar so then once you've achieved that then you're just like, well, now I can't kind of like back off. I need something else that's bigger and better to continue to raise that bar. Yeah. So um, I said this to Sarah, every year I have a project goal and I don't Mm. know what it is, but I've made a pact to myself that each year I do a project and there's no plan. It just happens in that Mm. year and it happened to be boxing in that time. And this year has been footy and the year before was paper planes and it's just all different things, but they all... um, I'm really impact driven as well. Yeah. So if I know it's going to leave a positive impact, yeah. then um, it really helps me. Mm. So if for your like health and fitness people, if potentially if they change their mindset for their um, health goals and the goal is obviously to look a certain way, but as a subsidiary to that goal is 
leaving a really positive impact on say mums yeah, yeah, yeah. struggling yeah so if you get to your fitness goal um awesome but maybe the thing that gets you there or that keeps you motivated is that you want to motivate other mums yeah and that impact yeah. side of it is i what think really that's why me. um you know like I, a lot of people talk about social media now and there is definitely so many pros and cons and you know you depends who you talk to a lot of people will say there's more cons than pros but i think for me anyway and this is how I've, I've always looked at it is that like i don't use social media to show off no. anything like i use social media to one like i always aim to give some form of value like every yeah. single day um, and to keep myself accountable and to provide like i just said value and knowledge and and also hopefully like motivation for other people because no, you know, like you don't know, you don't really understand how far you can reach. Exactly. Or even if it's just one person. And like I've listened, makes a yeah. difference. I've listened to your podcast since Thrive and you keep coming back to, you know, um, the only reason why you're still doing it is because people, there's people that find value in it. Like mm. it's annoying for you to have to like do every week and it's really hard, especially at the start when really not many people not are on the podcast. Listen, yeah. But you, you push through because you knew at least one or two or three people would get value. And for you, because mm. you... Uh, I think we're similar in that way as well. It's, it's also why you're a personal trainer. You're so impact-driven. Yeah. You want to help people enrich their lives. Mm. And if helping them get to their goal is a thing, then it's that's it. But yeah. the thing with you I think is awesome is that, <clears throat> and like you said before, you don't use social media to like boast or anything. And like huge testament to that, or I can really testify because we hadn't even met and I reached out and I was like, hey, doing my boxing fight and the, the matchup was all screwed up. And I've got to drop this insane amount of weight in mm. a very short amount of time. Yeah. And I'm so not like physical appearance yeah. anything yeah. that I was like, what do I do? <laughs> and you just like, again, had, we had really met probably once or twice. Yeah. And you were giving me this whole thing to do. And I was like, cool, I'll send you money. And you're like, no, no, no. Like, you're a good friend. There's, like, there's no way. Mm. And you made sure every Friday you were checking on me and being like, no, no, you're good. You're a good place. I had to drop eight kilos within eight weeks to mm. make the cut the weight was cut. a lot wasn't it yeah it was huge and you were like no no it's doable like heaps of faith you're like it's doable um help me throughout the whole camp and you were like and that was it and that whole time you were still organizing your 24-hour slow push mm. <laughs> i remember getting going like the day of my fight to, i was gonna mention that yeah, yeah that you were just pushing sleds for 24 it hours came in came in the day of i remember it was getting close towards the end. I was probably pretty delirious, but I you rocked up on your bike. You walked in in your helmet. I was like, is that yeah. <laughs> And here I am, like the best sleep ever, being like, hey, Danny, keep going. Yeah. And you were like, shut up. <laughs> That's awesome. And um, one thing I will touch on before, I, I really want to speak about the ride, mm -hmm. is you, you mentioned, or you kind of mentioned it then, is that if someone at the moment is listening to this and um, whether you've got your own business or whether you're using social media for the purpose of hopefully motivating someone. Something that I heard recently which resonated with me a lot is that it doesn't matter whether you've got 500 followers or 500,000 followers. Like, if you've got 500 followers, that's literally 500 people that yeah. you could impact. If you sat in a room right now in front of 500 people and said, I have the opportunity to motivate everyone in here, you would feel pretty fucking yeah. G'd up about it. Like, it's literally, it does not matter how many followers you not have. Like, the impact that you can have on someone's life, even if it's just one person, is huge which is why i've never given a fuck about likes followers yeah. doesn't matter because yeah it, they're, they're so irrelevant yeah that's i yeah that's why one of the 
coolest things about you, I think, just because the right now with the social media craze, everyone's so up and about it, but you're still there for its original meaning is to kind of spread a good message. And people forget, like, if you can impact one person, um, I think someone asked me what, like, I define as success once, and I was like, I don't know, um, the ability to fulfil myself through fulfilling someone else. Mm. And it takes you to only impact one person and that's the thing with paper planes i said i just want to impact one person because you forget that the growth then is exponential because they then have this new outset and um mindset in life and they impact their mum and their dad or their sisters and their brothers who impact their friends who impact their friends so it's yeah it's exponential really yeah and i think as well even if you're listening to this because obviously with the fitness side of stuff we talk about business and lifestyle stuff as well sometimes is that if your purpose is business, say for example, let's say helping one person for free or like doing Mm. something every single day for free that's going to help people, the carry-on effect of that leads to business anyway. Yes. Because if if you're giving, providing value to people every single day for free, guess who the first person they're going to think of is when they need something that's a paid service or when someone asks, I'm looking for a trainer, do you know anyone? The first person they're going to mention is you. Yeah, I think I sent everyone in my team to you for nutrition if they needed it. And I was like, if you need it, he's there. And you helped, yeah, I think a few of us. Mm, um, There was a few, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, so the ride. So um, I'm going to get you to kind of go over it a bit, but... Um, the charity you did it for was Stand Up Events. Yep. Um, and you actually started your own type of like organisation um, for it as well, which I'll get you to talk about. Yeah. So Stand Up Events is um, a charity group run by Andrew Green, and they work to try to eradicate homophobic behaviour in all sports, particularly in football. Yeah. And hundred <clears throat> percent, I am. N- I'm all about fairness and equality in every aspect of life. So yeah. not just in terms of sexuality, but yeah. in terms of everything. Like, mm. I think everyone should be on the same. Everyone should not, be equal. Yeah, and no one should be on a pedestal. Sure, you know more than me in the health and wellness industry. Yeah. But I might be able to teach you something else about, I don't know, how to not strain your back while you're in the toilet. You know? <laughs> Those kinds of or things. Or how to walk with leg <laughs> extensions. Yeah. How to ride a tuk-tuk. <laughs> And um, so they try to eradicate homophobia uh, in sports. And Andrew Green is just... Uh, the reason why I chose stand-up is because I met her once and straight away I was like, you are giving... you. She literally is living her whole life for this one cause. Like she does, This is her full-time job. She doesn't get paid for it. And all she's trying to do is help mm. a huge group yep. who are still, you know, quote-unquote, the minority, which I don't think is the issue. Um, actually, the what they are anymore the case, yeah yeah like it's it's less stigmatized and it's very much socially acceptable but there's still a generation gap and there's still people that really can't grasp the idea mm. and so she's um needed a hundred thousand dollars to do research with monash university in how they could combat it and it was world first research and then from the research they would do programs they're going to put into yeah. grassroots schools and get a bunch of afl players to present the programs and she does already have a whole bunch of yeah, yeah. players. I think Ben Brown's on it. I think Danaher's really on it as okay, well. Yeah. And like um, heaps of players are yeah, on it. Yeah, cool. Just, and so that's rolling out this year. So it's all worked out for her. But in order for a charity to get $100,000, like in a small group it's as not well. Easy, yeah. Like she's not like, she's Movember or she's not like Y Gap yeah, Polish Man exactly, where they yeah. can raise millions in like a, a night. Yeah. She... Yeah, struggled. So I just said, you know what? They were auctioning off a bike actually at the glass house here and a gala. And I said on my Instagram of three people, um, 
I said, if we win this bike, it was worth like $10,000. And I said, if we raise enough money to win this bike, it's all going to charity anyway. Yeah. I had just had a different bike stolen. And I was like, I get a bike, great. This All this money goes to the charity, but I'll promise to ride it from Adelaide to Melbourne to raise more money. And I was like, just cool. Just a short ride from Adelaide to yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, just a, just a little short commute Lazy to work. ride, yeah. Um, and I didn't think much of it. But before I knew, I think within three weeks, we had raised $4,000 of just people. Yeah. And I was like, even then, I was like, this is huge. Yeah, it's crazy. And I put a cap on how much I would bid on it in the gala. And I think the cap was like, I don't know, $8,000 or something. Because I knew that we could eventually raise that mm. to cover it. And I was happy to put in as if I was buying a new bike, yeah, yeah. just like a grand or whatever. And um, I got to the night and Angie actually announced what I was going to do if I had won it. And I think that kind of swayed the people bidding because they started and I had never been to an auction and Sarah was with me and I stood up and like, they were like, okay, we're going to start the bidding at $2,000. And I was like, holy shit. And I was like, $4,000. And I was like, oh my God, I hadn't put my hand up yet. And Sarah had to yeah. like knock my hand up to put yeah. it up. And I was like, uh, $5,000. And then it kind of, I think the minute I said that, everyone looked over and realized I was the person that would write it. Yeah. And it kind of just slowed. Everyone stopped. Yeah. And bidding. it was just like, we got to six and a half and they just left it at that. And I was like, these people honestly could have bid. Way more. For yeah, a yeah, long, yeah. a lot longer. Yeah. But I think everyone wanted to back this cause. Of course, yeah. And then within that night, people started approaching me. Someone jumped onto the stage and goes, to the girl that's riding from Adelaide to Melbourne, I want to donate right now. What can you come up? Um, I've got my card. How can I do it? And four that's other so people. Cool stood up and yeah. were like I want to as well so in that night I think another 4,000 came in and I was like and they had like their credit cards out yeah. like I was an FPOS machine <laughs> I was like I don't have sorry I don't have wireless like FPOS I don't have my square machine yeah. <laughs> um, here's the details Sarah had to give her her match and maiden business cards because oh, we really? just had literally had nothing nothing ready yeah and then from that point like Lulu came on Peddler came on and um, the aim was then to raise 50,000 Holden gave us a car um, like radios were getting around it, local newspapers were getting around it, people from Airbnb were donating like um, accommodation, food, like loving so earth, um, you foods, health lab. Just it was huge. Uh, it was like the whole cause itself was already important to me because like I've got bro- um, my sister and my cousin are all part of the LGBTIQ community, but um, I didn't realize how awesome the community was about the topic either. I, I thought yeah. it was going to be really touch and go. Like yeah, I yeah. really thought it was going to be some people already. But everyone just jumped on board. Every single, mm. like we raised $22,000. So and great. that's from, like the major donations were from Sweater Club. Yeah. Sweater Club donated 50% of profits of the third wheel t-shirts that yeah. we made as merchandise. And then my cousin's insurance company donated 2000 And then this um, entrepreneur who just has backed me a lot donated 2000 But other than that, it was an effort from just, you know, $50 here. Yeah, yeah. it's massive, isn't there it? From just the local community. Yeah. And I was like, like, oh, I really hoped that people in the LGBTI community saw the community effort and mm. realised that they, they were really loved yeah. and they weren't excluded yeah. anymore. Um, so, yeah, it was epic. That is epic. Um, and I think even with the money aside, like the fact that that many people got around it shows mm. you that there is a lot of support and just creates so much awareness yeah it was around it it was awesome and like the ride itself was the easiest part surprisingly the ride yeah the, yeah. the physical ride was the how many days part. was it it was five and a half yeah and how many k's so how many k's total is it 800 is the route that i rode okay yeah yeah and um it was it was mentally harder than it was physically 
just sure. knowing that it's just you're on a bike for yeah like X I'm, amount of hours I'm every cool day. with like I love riding I've ridden every single day of my life since I was 16 but there was this one day where I was like I don't know if you've ever run in a headwind. Oh. It's the worst thing in the world, right? God. Yeah. It's, it's just like, I'd rather walk. <laughs> Makes me angry because, yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Every step you're going, you're like putting pushed half a yeah. step back. <laughs> it's like you're on a treadmill. Yes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. And so I had a headwind on the second day for the whole way and it was flat, which meant that I actually had to be pushing for every like meter mm. rather than getting up a hill and then just rolling down it for ages. And there was 150 kilometres of just headwind and there was trucks every second yeah. minute. There was a truck that was driving past me and I would like push onto the side of the road. And then uh. it was a gruelling day. Like mentally, Nick had actually learnt how to ride a road bike only a week before. Yeah. And on his first like, pretty much it was his first bike ride and he yeah. rode 400 kilometres. Yeah. So he rode half the distance. It's crazy. Yeah. And it was like his first ever ride. Yeah. And uh, he had jumped on intermittently through the day just to keep my mind in it because yeah, yeah. I was like pushing, mm. but I was like, felt like I was going nowhere. I yeah. wanted breaks every 10 kilometers, which isn't very much. Like if you think about it, it's like 15 breaks. Nick and Sarah kept calling people that they knew I'd like to hear from. So I would oh, FaceTime yeah. them. That's cool. Yeah. So kept I, you going, yeah. Yeah, it kept me going, but I didn't, I left home at seven and with all the breaks, I didn't get back to the accommodation until five. It was a long freaking day. That is a long day. Yeah. That's huge. I know, like, what what you did was just out of control. It's nuts. But like, even I can relate with the with the sled push. Like, yeah, exactly. getting to the twelve hour mark, and you're like, fuck, twelve hours gone. And then you're like, fuck, still got twelve hours to go. And, and it's just like, because because it's in such a short space as well. Mm. You're just like repetition after repetition after repetition. But what keeps you going, like you said, is the people coming in, like you coming in, like. The amount of people that come and show their support yeah, and I just like the little things like in between yeah so much respect for you for doing that because no one no one is calling out for you to have to do that and you do it year on year um and you know i knew you were struggling like this year you struggled with space i think mm. or you wanted to make yeah, it longer yeah yeah it was a pretty struggle. last minute thing yeah. yeah but even then i was like that's i think one of the best things about you i think is that it, no matter how hard it is or how much effort it is and how much you you don't gain anything from that yeah. like other than you know, maybe you, you're swole for the next day in your legs because of the pushing. <laughs> so swole. <laughs> you don't get anything, but you go out of your way to help. Um, I know you are really quite uh, an advocate for mental health mm. and for you to do that each year. And just, it's, that's self-organised as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like you, yeah you're yeah, just organising yeah. that with whoever you can get yeah, on yeah. board. Yeah. And yeah, I remember coming to see you. I think you were, probably had another... You still had a bit to go. You still had like eight I, hours to go. Yeah, I think it was like around lunchtime on the last day. Yeah, and you hadn't slept. Um, I just, I was just, I don't even know how you, and you were still pushing pretty much every round. Yeah. Like you weren't just going for a stroll. No. <laughs> I was, I, now that I think back, I was like, man, I'm so mean. I was like, Danny, push me, push me. And I like jumped on yeah. the sled and I was, and then I was like, oh, he must have been yeah. so exhausted. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we do pretty much have to wrap things up, but I wanted to touch on one more thing yeah. quickly. Um, anyone, like I said, anyone that knows you would know that obviously, uh, well, from what I see anyway, is that you seem like a very grateful person, but you also spread like a lot of positivity. And I was only speaking this, uh, speaking about this last night with, um, um, with Danielle and we were talking about how like 
especially like as a trainer, like if I'm working with a client, you feed off other people's energy and it makes just a world of difference. And mm. like she works in cafes, so like people come in and feed off her energy yeah. and she feeds off them. Like, do you, is that, just, is that just something that just naturally comes to you? Like that's just how you are? Or do you go out of your way kind of each day to say like, you know what, I'm, today I'm grateful for this. I want to make sure that I just take a positive out of everything. You're definitely like a glass half full person, not half empty. <laughs> so, um, but do you notice that it has a massive impact on the people around you? Yeah, I, I think it's a bit, um, a bit of both in that I think it's just second nature for me to be a positive person. Mm. Um, like I just don't, I feel like um, negativity is a waste of, a waste of energy. Yeah. And being, like I had like the bike stolen the other day and everyone was commenting being like, I'm gonna, gonna if we ever find them, we're gonna like smash them. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're like, I'm so angry. And I was like, don't be angry. Like that's such a wasted emotion. And mm. so, it's so effortful to be angry. Yeah. And I was like, sure, be sad, be disappointed, whatever. Mm. And you know, grieve and yeah. you know, take the time to think about it. But don't be angry because you know, people are struggling and, and you That's forget it. how, um, like you said, impactful a, just a personality or an atmosphere can be. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why people play upbeat music in gyms. Yeah, exactly it, it right. changes the vibe. But yeah, yeah I definitely I um, try to be grateful as much as possible. Like gratitude's a really a huge thing for mm. me. A lot of the time I actually struggle with being grateful because I don't know how to express it because I'm so grateful. Yeah. So for me, thank you's not enough. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. be like, thank you. And he is like my life savings. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, gratitude is, I think if everyone practiced it, the world would be a much happier place yeah. um, and a trust, more trusting place. And in terms of being positive, yeah, I like to crack jokes because I know yeah. that it could change someone's day. So yeah. I think it's a simple thing that everyone can do. Awesome. Well, Ang, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks, Dan. Thanks for coming on the uh, the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. And um, for everyone listening, I'm sure you've taken a lot of value from the show today. And if you have, make sure you screenshot this episode, post it up on your Instagram story for us. Tag myself, tag Ange. I'll put her, uh, her her social links and stuff in the in the show notes below. And um, just very very quickly before we finish recording, is there like are, are you still doing any type of awareness stuff for? stand-up events at the moment or yeah i'm constantly pretty much constantly cool my whole life is about preaching positivity anyway Great. um but i do school talks cool. um to with bicycle network about Great. goodwill hunting but it's all stand-up events is an ongoing charity so Great. you can always yeah. go and help them out i'll have the links to all that stuff in there as well so people can reach out sweet awesome all right Thank thanks you. so much thanks for listening guys look forward to chatting to you again in the next episode Ni hao.